such a good mood today. Firstly, the sun is shining, 1st of November. I love the autumn. I've had such a great Halloween with my son. Um, love it or hate it, I know some people really detest it, but me, I'm a lady of the earth, shall we say. So Halloween and all witchy things I absolutely love. And um, this time of year is just great. I love all the colours on the trees, the leaves. It's magical, in my opinion. Now, I'm also excited because I just found the most amazing T-shirt online, which I've just ordered, which has a big picture of Winona Ryder circa 1992, I reckon, on the front. I love everything 90s. I'm loving the fact that all the 90s clothes are in the shops at the moment and it's just made such a comeback. So um, yeah, it's a great day today. Now the topic of this podcast is all about frequently asked questions to your resident stylist, myself, styled by Susie, Susie Hasler. Uh, I have been asked so many questions about business, about um, you know the styling process over the years and a lot of these questions are the same so I thought it'd be quite good to clear up a few for you if you are intrigued. So the first one which is quite a good place to start because it's sort of at the beginning so this is where people ask me how did you get into this? So I'm gonna keep it quite short because I've already done a podcast on my history about myself and how I got here so just briefly I have always been very creative. I'm naturally quite an arty person. Uh, when I was at school, I loved experimenting with uh, different styles. I wouldn't have said I've ever been fashionable as such, but I've always been very colorful with my dress sense. I've always loved accessories, dating right back to when I was at primary school and I always wore a yellow bow in my hair. Um, then at secondary school, I used to wear kind of funky hair clips. I had a really cool hair clip that was made of um, uh, just colouring pencils. I bought it um, in Covent Garden Market years and years ago. And uh, I remember everyone at school used to say, why have you got pencils in your hair? Do you know you've got pencils in your hair? And uh, yeah, I loved it. I've always loved accessories. So naturally, I'm quite creative then I've just always loved expressing myself through clothing. So I didn't do too well at school. I did even worse at sixth form. So decided, you know what? Education, I don't think is for me. So I went and got a job. Went and got a job as an office junior in an accountant, which was so much fun. Apart from the fact I put on about five stone in the first month because when you have an office job, you just sit all day. And we had a lovely Chinese takeaway around the corner from the office and a lovely sweet shop as well. So um, yeah, happy days. <laughs> it was great though. So I kind of started as an office junior in an accountancy firm. I then moved up to London and started working in a graphic design agency and I was front of house receptionist. So graphic design agency in the heart of Covent Garden. It was trendy city. And it was, this was where I really loved experimenting with clothing because in London, you can pretty much get away with anything. And I was in my tw um, early twenties, which again is at an age where you can pretty much experiment to your heart's content. And you have, um, you know, a lot of money 
uh, to spend on yourself. So it was fab. And yeah, so I was working in Covent Garden, doing that in an office. Then I started working for an engineering company and that was where I stayed for 10 years for a very small business. And I learned a lot about business there. And when I was at this company, I always thought, I'm quite cool with this. I'm quite cool that, you know, I've always thought of myself as not being very academic, which I'm not really. Um, But there was always a part of me that thought, I feel like there's something I should be doing. It was like there was a nagging voice in my ear saying, you know, you you need to be doing something else. You need to be doing something creative. And I was looking for these signs and thinking, what, what, what is it? So I experimented a bit. I started designing jewelry and I had a couple of jewelry um, stalls in various craft fairs and I liked it, but it was a bit like, hmm, this still doesn't feel quite right. And one day I was flicking through my magazine on my lunch break and I found an advert for the Style Coaching Institute. And this advert said, do you wonder how to dress your body shape? Um, Do you wonder what colouring you are? Potentially launch a business as a stylist. And I thought, wow, this sounds amazing. And it was around the time of Gok all of his programmes. And I very clearly remember emailing my husband because that's what we used to do. We used to just email each other at work because <laughs> I was always so bored. And uh, I said, oh, amazing course. And I really, I feel like it's really speaking to me. It's quite expensive, but I feel like I need something to channel my creativeness into. And potentially it says that you can launch a business from it. And again, I thought, no, you know, maybe it might just be a fun thing to learn. So I did the course and it took me about a year. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. As someone who isn't academic, I hate exams. I hate coursework. I'm so lazy with that kind of thing. I absolutely devoured this course. It spoke volumes to me because the course was not only about styling. It was about um, the emotional side of working with clients, how to, you know, help them through any confidence issues, not counselling as such, but all about body language and just thoroughly interesting anyway. So I did my course, had my baby, had my son. And after about a year, I thought, oh, I really, really want to start doing some styling for friends and family. So that was what I did. So I did a lot of free work and I was doing it in the evenings and it was really tiring because... I obviously had my son who was very young at the time and plus by this point I'd gone back to work after maternity leave so I was kind of doing this as a hobby on the side and really loved it and it was a little something for me as well because you know when you become a mum your brain turns to mush a little bit and it was kind of that going out in the evening was a bit of time to get dressed up and to really think about something else and it just suddenly grew I put a couple of adverts out on some local Facebook pages. I think I did one on the Edenbridge Mums Network and then I did one on the Biggin Hill Network, I think. And it just suddenly went boom. It absolutely expanded. 
So in those early days, I did a lot of free work because I was building up not only my client base, but also my confidence. Because there's something really scary about suddenly saying, right, this is me, I'm now stylist. <laughs> and you really, for me, I felt like I really needed that confidence. I needed to build that confidence of working with lots and lots of different people. So for a lot of these ladies now that are saying, I want to be a stylist, um, go for it. It's brilliant. But there's a lot of work and it looks very easy. But I can tell you it's very, very difficult. And you have to really start from scratch. So that's the answer to one of the frequently asked questions is how I became a stylist. And there you go. So the next question that I'm asked a lot is, when you're shopping, don't you just constantly want to buy stuff for yourself? Or do you constantly see things that you really like and you'll think, oh, I'll come back later and get that? So the answer to this is no. Oh, there's a siren going past my window, how inconvenient. <laughs> Anyway, um, no is the answer. This is what I, this kind of goes back to what I was just saying about being a stylist. So a lot of people have said to me, oh my God, your job is amazing. You know, you, you just get to shop for a living. And yes, my job is amazing. I love it. But I think people really underestimate the energy and the work that goes into working with a client one-to-one particularly when you're personal shopping with them. So when I'm shopping with a client, I am literally shopping as if I was her. So when I'm shopping, I am looking at what I feel suits her taste, her lifestyle, her body shape, her colouring, her height. And there are so many things to factor into shopping with a client that it's almost impossible to even think about your own self and your own taste while you're shopping. So if you do, I don't think that makes you a very good stylist, personally. Because the minute you start looking for yourself or the minute you think, oh, that's nice, I might try that on later. It's, um, in my mind, you're not fully concentrating on that person. So... No, when I'm shopping with someone, I never, ever look for myself. Now, when I'm online shopping, <laughs> this is a very different case because when I'm online shopping, it's a lot of scrolling. It's a lot of sitting there scrolling through website after website. And again, the online shopping service is, it takes just over an hour for me to put an online shop together for someone. And with an online shop, there is much more of that temptation to just, you know, think oh that's quite nice <laughs> but I think when you're shopping physically in blue water no because my mind is on my client my mind isn't on me now the next one isn't so much of a question but more of a statement and this is where ladies feel like this service or the style by Susie service isn't for them and this could be age related it could be weight related it could be size related so it's that whole oh you know there's 
there's nothing for me I'm in my I'm in my 70s you know there's there's nothing out there for me or you wouldn't want to work with me you wouldn't want to work with me because I'm too difficult you wouldn't want to work with me because I'm curvy you wouldn't want to work with me because I'm really tall you know you won't be able to find me anything and this is rubbish because I think you can look stylish from any age to any age my nana um bless her rest in peace miss you nana my nana was um so stylish and she was in her 90s before she passed away and my nana always wore jewelry in the in the nursing home she was always wearing sweetly enough a lot of the jewelry that i used to make so she'd always have colorful beads on she'd always have a dress on and I think there's something really beautiful about always taking pride in your appearance. I think there's that real temptation to just think, oh, right, I'm going to give up on myself, either because, you know, you're a mum and you think, right, well, now it's all about the kids, or you think, well, I've put on weight, so no, I'm not going to bother now. Or you think you've got to a certain age and you've become invisible to everyone. You can look stylish at any age. I can go shopping with someone of any age. There, There is no alarm that goes off when someone in their 70s or 80s walks into blue water. There's no alarm that goes off when someone who's curvy walks into blue water. There, there are so many styles out there for everyone. So as a stylist, I don't exclude anyone. I do agree that some aspects make shopping more difficult. So, for example, because certain shops only go to a certain size, so, for example, Oasis only go to a 16, that can make it a bit more limiting because you are thinking, okay, well, we can't shop there. But for all the shops that don't go to those sizes, there are five more shops that do that are fantastic. So, no, there's no restrictions with coming to work with me. Um, you can be any age, you can be any height, you can be any size. Don't put it off. Now, this is one that I'm asked a lot and this always really makes me laugh because I expect it with every single client that I shop with. So it usually, I can tell you exactly when it happens. So you have your coffee with your client, then you go into the first shop. And say, for example, the first two or three things that they try on don't work. They're just like, no, they're just not right. As the curtain closes, there'll be a little voice that says, so have you ever had it where you've been on a shop with someone and you've not managed to find anything for them? <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, can, I can literally expect it. Because... Um, there is that panic. There's that panic that I think every single client I have thinks I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one that there's nothing out there for. Um, I, I'm a hopeless case. She's not going to find anything for me. I'm really difficult. I'm really awkward. I'm indecisive. Um, people hate shopping with me. And I'm going to be the one client that breaks her where she's, you know, we're not going to find anything. So again, no, this hasn't happened. So there are various scales, I would say, to a personal shop. And I hate to say it, but a lot of it will come from my client. So 
What will make a personal shop the most effective is when a client is completely open, receptive and ready. If you come on the personal shop with expectations of specific things that you're looking for, I mean, I, I mean, you can come with a list. A list is brilliant where you say, I need jeans, I need jumpers, I need tops, whatever. A list is fine. But if someone is coming out and they are extremely specific about a certain item of clothing that they're looking for, you just cannot get them out of that mindset. So a personal shop is going to be much more effective the more open you are. The more open you are to the process and the more you trust me and the more you trust Sarah that we are professionals, we have your best interests at heart. It's not in our... (laughs) It's it's really not worth our reputation to lie about an item of clothing that we think doesn't suit you. You know, we're not just going to say, oh yeah, that looks lovely. We're going to be honest. So the more open and receptive you are to us, the more effective your personal shop will be. And obviously, you know, you have some clients that come away with 10, 15 bags. You have others that go away with a couple of bags. And that might be down to budget. It might be down to the fact that they just want to come out for an idea of what to look for. They don't want to go home with loads of clothes. Um, But generally speaking, no, I've never had it where a client has bought nothing on a personal shopping trip in five years. Now, the next question I get asked is, Carl, you must be so sick of blue water. Don't you get bored of coming here every day? So no, I don't get bored. I get tired. I'll be very honest with you. So when I go to Blue Water, I walk for on average two and a half to three miles every time I'm there. Now the week before half term, I was in Blue Water for five days and then I did a warehouse evening, personal shopping evening for 10 clients on the Sunday. And I must admit that Sunday night I came home and I was absolutely exhausted. So with shopping again it's it's physical with the walking the standing but it's also the brain power that it takes that energy that I was talking about earlier that I'm my sole focus is on that client you know I'm not checking my phone I'm not my absolute sole focus is on my client and this is something that Sarah has said to me since she's been working for me she said oh my god Suze she said I had no idea how mentally exhausting it is to really to really shop and that sounds really ridiculous but it really is because you are putting so much into that into that client emotionally more than anything so I do get tired um, because I put my heart and soul into everything and obviously the walking and the standing but in regards to being bored of blue water and being bored of shopping no it never happens because every client is so different so take the warehouse evening I did as an example I had clients there who were so different in their taste their personality obviously body shape and coloring um so every experience I have with a client is completely different they're different personalities so we talk about different things some clients will talk about you know the bake-off and we'll talk about Dr Foster and (laughs) all of those kind of things other clients who have quite a you can spend the shopping trip having quite a deep and meaningful conversation about, you know, any issues that they're going through at the moment 
emotionally in their life um you know having kids is very very tough or a lot of um as it happens in life relationship problems and obviously you know shopping is such a personal experience that um we naturally do chat about that kind of thing and it's lovely when clients open up to me like that and everything that you say to me is confidential it doesn't go anywhere outside the blue water walls so um every every client is so different that it would be absolutely impossible to get bored so it's tiring but it's never boring the other question i get asked is do all the people in the shops know who i am <laughs> don't you know who i am don't you know i'm on the vip list darling uh surprisingly not no i'd say there's certain shops where they do obviously joe and the juice i'm going to give a shout out i have no idea if they listen um but they're my mate so we have lovely jack who is the manager at joe and the juice um megan mason hey guys hey homies <laughs> joe and the juice is where me and sarah go to meet our clients and i love it because firstly the coffee is strong Secondly, the juice is yummy and healthy and they're just so nice. You know, you walk in and they greet you like an old friend, not like in Starbucks or Pretz where they just look at you a bit unfriendly. So Joe and the Juice know who I am. Warehouse definitely do. Warehouse are just beautiful in every way. Firstly, they um, they approached me a couple of years ago with the discount card for myself and my clients which gets us 25% off um but they're just so lovely they are they cannot do enough for me and my clients even when my clients have gone in there without me (laughs) they have rushed around them so warehouse I love you um oasis oasis have started uh knowing who I am so yes they are very attentive There's a lovely lady that works in Next who always lets me take masses of clothes into the changing rooms. And I'm trying to think where else. Oh, Topshop. Oh, my lovely friend in Topshop, Lucille. She is the Topshop personal stylist. She's lovely. Um, She's very young. She makes me feel very old. (laughs) Same as the guys in Joe and the Juice. They're all like 19 years old. That's just not allowed. It's not. Like when they were finishing, no, when they were being born, I was finishing secondary school. How ridiculous is that? Anyway, so Lucille in Topshop, she's lovely. If she's there, she'll let me use the the personal shopping changing rooms. So yeah, there's a few that know who I am. But generally speaking, some of the biggest stores, no, they don't because they have so many staff there. And I don't make a big song and dance about being a personal stylist. I don't walk in and say, right, I'm here clear the changing rooms um it's if you didn't know if you didn't recognize me then you would just think that i was shopping with a friend um so no it's i I don't walk around um being mobbed unfortunately it would be lovely because um i i quite like having my ego stroked (laughs) uh but no not everyone knows me just a few, just the nice ones. So I'm going to wrap this up in a minute because I've got to get off for an appointment I have. Uh, So the last question is, when you're out and about, you must always 
be looking at what people are wearing. Now, this isn't true. And a lot of my friends say this to me because say I'll go out with my friends for dinner or something or meet them during the day. And they'll be like, oh, don't look at what I'm wearing. I look, I look a mess. I'm not constantly in that mode. I think because I, because I'm in that mode a lot with my work, I, I don't walk around just looking critically at people. That's not, that's not what I'm about. Um, I think it would be quite tiring if I was walking around all the time, just always judging people. That's not what I do. That's not who I am. Um, if someone asks my opinion about something, you know, if my friends, or, you know, if I think my friend looks nice, I'll say, oh, I love that. I love what you're wearing. But I would have done that before I was a stylist anyway. I'd say unless someone is wearing something particularly offensive, like flesh-coloured leggings with a crop top and a pair of Crocs, then no, I'm not really... My radar isn't really out. I think probably the, the time that I do it the most is when I'm watching TV, so particularly the ladies that read the news in the morning and weather girls, I, I quite often look at them and think, hmm, I could, uh, I could work some magic. But, uh, but no, I'm not really like that, to be honest, because I just, I love what's on the inside. And as much as styling is what's on the outside, if I'm talking to someone, I'm talking to them. I'm not judging what they're wearing or standing there looking them up and down. So hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast, a bit of a fun one this week. And let me know if you have any ideas for any other podcasts. I'm always open to suggestions. I don't like giving away too many secrets on here. So, you know, if you say, can you tell us where the best place to buy such and such from? I, I don't really want to do that because that's why, you know, Star by Susie is not a charity, darling. It's a business. <laughs> So, uh, but if there's anything general you want me to talk about, any topics, I'm always happy to. I love helping you. And I love the fact that my podcasts are getting so many listeners. It's amazing. Have a beautiful day. Let me know what you think of the podcast. If you don't like it, don't comment. If you like it, let me know. (laughs) Have a good day. Bye.